I think uh, one business that's kind of can be a little odd or quirky is advertisements. I always do get a kick watching them on TV or streaming or whatever, and not just when it's the Super Bowl and that sort of thing. Um, and one type of commercial that I really think is interesting is when like a new medicine comes out and they're advertising this medicine and they always have to have like one spot where they must have to like list all the side effects and it's kind of like an awkward part of the commercial because it's like they're promoting all the positive things and they have to say well side effects may include they always have it with like a cheery voice and they have you know people jogging in the background and sunny skies. You know, they don't show anyone with a side effect. They're not like, you know, they're not going to show someone with the vomiting or the diarrhea or whatever. They want to downplay that and keep that on the down low. Um, and it's just kind of a, I think, a funny little thing that they have it that way. Obviously, if I, if I were making a commercial, if I, I, if I was told to, you know, if, if I didn't have to, Obviously, I'd want to not list those negative things and just keep it purely positive. Um, but they must have some regulations to have you do that. And it's good. You get to, you know, you got to weigh your options and that sort of thing. Um, but when we look at our lesson for today, I think we see Jesus probably wouldn't have made it very long in the uh, commercial business because he... Uh, is really straight up about the negative side effects of following him. There is no rule or regulation that's saying, hey, make sure to list this off here. He's just going to unload it on you. He has the positive thing where Peter's confessing that he's the Christ, and Jesus goes right ahead and says, well, there's going to be some negative things that go along with this, with following him all this business about denying yourself and losing your life to save it is not exactly the easiest thing for us to hear. And I think this evening it's going to be something that's helpful for us to meditate on. You know, why would Jesus do this sort of thing? And we're going to hopefully discover why we have these kind of side effects um, to trusting and following in Jesus and I don't know, how, how are we supposed to come to grips with those side effects? What are we supposed to do about them? So, as we read with the lesson, uh, it's pretty straightforward for the first big chunk of it. Jesus is asking, what do people say about me? Who do they say I am? And we have some misconceptions, but the disciples, with Peter the spokesman, gets it right. The Christ. Uh, the Christ of God. And one thing that might be a little surprising is Jesus says, don't tell people. Uh, it seems surprising because usually we're saying, tell people about Jesus. But it seems like in that context, it's because, well, it might be because he didn't want to reveal everything right away to everyone at that time because he didn't want to mess up how things are going to play out with his crucifixion. Maybe he didn't want people to find things out secondhand. Maybe he didn't want to give people more than they were ready to handle at that moment. But for whatever reason, he says, oh, don't tell people. And then he gets to this listing off of the side effects. And that's what gets kind of tough. We have the denying yourself, and the picking up your cross daily, following him, and losing your life to save it. Uh, and this doesn't make following Jesus sound 
very easy, certainly. You know, it, it, he doesn't just say, hey, can you squeeze me into your life? Can you do what you're already doing and just check off this certain box of trusting in me? Uh, it's a lot more drastic. Very different perspective change of, you know, because when it says lose your life to save it, obviously he's talking about, well, in one sense we lose it, but in another sense it is saved. And so it's a talking about a drastically different perspective shift. And I think to take that to heart, it's helpful first to focus on this denying yourself, which is connected with the taking up your cross daily uh, as well. And the denying yourself is straightforward. Say no to yourself. It's not hard to understand that simplicity. But the difficulty with it is we like to say yes to ourselves. And it's pretty simple. Uh, And God's word says a lot of things that go against us saying yes to ourselves. And that gets a little difficult. And Sometimes we approach this in a really bad way because of our sinful nature. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, we're going to look at things that God, God's word says, and, you know, if it's other people's sins, yeah, we can be super strict on that. When it's something about us, though, it's like, well, I don't know. Maybe the Bible's not clear, or we want to downplay things, or maybe say, oh, a little, a little gossip's okay. A little bad language is okay. A little lust is okay. It doesn't hurt to look. And all of a sudden, we can do all sorts of these little tricks, and we have worked it all so we can say yes to ourselves instead of denying ourselves, which is exactly what Jesus says we should be doing. And I think it is a red flag. If we go day after day after day after day, we don't feel like we're denying ourselves at all. We've got to ask ourselves, am I just kind of giving in to sin when it suits me? Or am I really struggling against it? That's why this is kind of a hard lesson to hear. It's saying, you know, you got to get in the habit of saying no to yourself. And that's not particularly easy. And the problem with denying ourselves, too, is that it's, you know, really in our culture, in our world, probably every culture, I guess. But self-gratification it's kind of the name of the game. If you were to distill what pretty much everyone says, you know, the meaning or purpose of life is, a lot of it is going to kind of come down to self-gratifying features. And Jesus saying denying yourself and losing your life to save it is going to go right against the grain of that because um, it's not self-gratifying. Um, I think one thing that can be helpful, though, is to realize how... Much of our self-gratification is actually a horrible dead end and kind of messes a lot of stuff up if we just kind of sit back and think about it. I think one challenge, just to give a couple examples, can't do them all because it'd be too late, but think about something like marriage. Uh, It can be really easy to have an attitude of, you know, yeah, marriage is something that's going to make me happy. My spouse, uh, I picked that spouse because she's going to make me happy, right? And what do we end up doing with those little attitudes? We end up putting another person, another thing or whatever in the place of God and saying, well, this person, this whatever is going to make me happy. Um, And they cannot fill that gap. Uh, They're not God. But yet, once we make that move in our mind 
of, say, like in marriage, this person is there to make me happy. And think of how it kind of messes everything up. Yeah, a person's never going to live up to our expectations. We're not going to have a healthy attitude. We're not going to be very forgiving. And we're going to try to treat that person like this person's got to do a bunch of stuff for me to be happy. That's not going to work out. We're going to think about something like a job. Um, you know, yeah, we want to have some satisfaction in our job. Don't get me wrong on that. But sometimes that can be tainted by so much self concern for self-gratification that's like, well, you know, do I need to be constantly thanked and appreciated for this job to be worthwhile? Do I maybe, well, if I don't like this or that about it, maybe I'll cut some corners. Or, um, you know, it can be easy for the job then to disappoint. And we don't want to do it. We don't want to do it well. And the net result is, is when we look at a vocation like that, we no longer think of it as, this is a way, that, this is a place that God has put me to serve others. This is a great opportunity to help someone out in my job. It's more just about, of course, me. And then, not only is the job not going to be very helpful to other people, because we're kind of trying to you know, cut corners and all that, but ultimately, that very self-gratification that we're jumping at is going to slip through our fingers. So I think if we sat back and thought of other things in life, too, we'd realize when we try to approach them with a self-gratifying attitude, it ultimately is just not going to work out. Um, and Jesus' strong words here, I think, help us come to grips with that a little bit. On the one hand, it tells us, well, um, we should be concerned about denying ourselves, taking up our cross daily and all of that. On the other hand, once that perspective shift happens, I think we have a lot better of an outlook on life. But to get to that outlook, I think it's helpful to meditate on the connection between what Jesus is saying about denying himself and all the stuff he said prior to this. You know, Jesus had asked people, who, who do people say I am? And he wasn't just you know, trying to take a poll for fun. He's, of course, trying to really get at, he's the Christ. And then he connects that right with, he's got to go and suffer and die and be raised again. And, and then he gets to this denying yourself stuff. And I think that really puts it into perspective quite a great deal. It's not that this isn't a void here. It's that Jesus was not self-gratifying. He denied himself. If you looked at Jesus' life from a worldly perspective, it looked like he really missed out on stuff. Uh, he didn't come to have things be as awesome as he could have them on earth. He lived in lowliness. He lived in poverty. He set aside glories of heaven, plenty of positive things. And instead he went and he got rejected and people gave him a hard time and people eventually crucified, killed him, and all that. And he did that willingly. He, he wasn't self-gratifying because he cared that much about you and me. Because he wanted, he wanted your sins and my sins to be on himself, and that's exactly what happened. So our sins would be on him and gone and taken care of and forgiven. So those times when we've messed up and been self-gratifying, because that's part of our fallen nature, he did this to forgive that and make up for it. He was perfect and cared about us to make up for those shortcomings on our part. And what's more, he rose again victoriously, 
and is one heaven itself for us. And that is also supposed to help give us a whole different perspective on this life. Because, again, if we think about it, this self-gratifying worldly perspective is ultimately a dead end. And I think everyone that kind of sits back and thinks about it will have a moment of clarity on that. And so instead, Jesus is giving us a different heavenly perspective, that he's given us something far more meaningful in giving us eternal life uh, with him, all by his work, all by his grace, all by his forgiveness. That's why he highlights first that he's the Christ, that he's going to die. And then he gets at this hard teaching that we've been thinking about here. And once we have these eternal things of his in mind, and once we have this bigger and more comforting picture of him saving us and giving us eternal life for free, then I think we can have a lot more helpful picture of the world around us. As we talked about, the self-gratification doesn't work out. And uh, one helpful Old Testament book that deals with that is Ecclesiastes. And it kind of ends up concluding that everything is kind of vanity, emptiness from the worldly point of view. But once we realize it's what that is from the worldly point of view, we can have great comfort that from God's point of view, it's actually different and better. Now I can appreciate the gifts that God gives me for what they truly are. That, like I said with marriage, that it is a positive blessing that God has given me and I can appreciate it for what it is. It's not something that is going to replace God as my source of security, identity, and joy and peace. Same with the job. Same with all the other vocations that God has given you and me, whether it's a family thing, whether it's work uh, at a job, work in volunteering, work in your retirement, and everyone asks you to help out with stuff. So all those different vocations that God has given us, now we can appreciate them for what they are, ways that we have to serve other people, not sources of our ultimate peace and happiness, because only God alone can fill that uh, gap in us. And now we can appreciate what he's given us for the gifts that they truly are each and every day of our lives. Because with that perspective change that God has given us, he's worked faith in our hearts, he's given us baptism, so now we have a different lens, a different outlook on life. And it's a lot better to find our joy in what Christ has done and then receive everything else that he gives us with thankfulness along the way. And so I hope, as we've thought about this, it's given us helpful perspective on what it means to deny ourselves and to lose our life to save it. You know, we lose out on life from a worldly perspective, but we gain so much more, not only eternally, but I would say even in a better outlook on the current life that God has given us. And it's kind of like, you know, I talked about the harsh side effects with some medicines. You know, another interesting thing you can look up is uh, medicines that have been developed that they actually found a side effect that was just as helpful as the thing it was designed to do. And so you actually had it was designed for one thing but could actually help with another problem too. And I think it's in a lot of ways like what Jesus is talking about here. We tend to focus on Jesus as the medicine who saves us and gives us heaven, the medicine of immortality, and that's true. But I think a side effect, even of this denying yourself, which is hard from a worldly perspective and with our flesh, is actually a positive thing in the end because it gives us a better, clear picture on life 
It helps us to come to grips with reality. And so with that perspective change, not only do we have our true source of contentment right now with God, but we have that eternal life, that free gift to look forward to things to Him as well. Amen.